University, a podcast with value. Penny University presents a torn heart, loss of a child. How do you open and introduce a new series on loss of a child? It has been on my heart for a very long time to share a few stories on this type of loss. There are several types of loss, spouse, parent, friend. The list can go on and on. Each has its specific pain associated with the loss. Sadly, I have experienced several deaths in my life. We all have, and we all know of the sting of death. We all experience death in some way and at some point in time. Heck, we will personally experience death. It is the one guarantee in life. Loss of a child is membership to a club no one wants. Most of us pray, think, hope that it will never happen. Some of us have to walk. No, crawl on that path. Yes, I lost a child, my youngest son, Andrew, and I will share my story at the end of this series. I hope you listen to every episode. There are people that are living with holes in their hearts. Yes, living. Thank you for giving us the time to share our stories, to let you know of our loved ones' lives. I trust that this series is for everyone. Get to know some incredible people. Welcome to A Torn Heart, Loss of a Child. Episode 2, Jaylene Long. I hope you dance. Thank you guys um, very much for taking the time out of your day to listen. You've been amazing and your comments have been great that you've been sending me. Please remember to listen, like, and share with your families and friends. Share it anywhere. Um, Penny University's new series. Um, You can also check out our Facebook page, which is Penny University, a podcast with value, and share it there as well. Um, We truly appreciate your support. As all of you guys know, um, we are working around social distancing, and I'm sitting here in my living room while my guest is in her office, and we're communicating via computer. And as I stated in episode one, Jill Potter's My Beautiful Boy episode, my laptop is old and it hums, um, but I like the sound. I like the kind of raw recording because it fits the raw stories. They're beautiful and painful um, that we'll be sharing. Um, On this second episode of this new series, A Torn Heart, Loss of a Child, I'm going to be talking with uh, Jaylene um, Long, I have known her off and on throughout some um, opportunities, working with veterans, working um, uh, with some Christian organizations, and just meeting her. She's a wonderful woman. I am thrilled she's here, sad she's here with me. Um, And remember, this episode is on loss. So let's get to know, uh, Jaylene, you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Hi, I'm Jaylene, and I've uh, I was born and raised in Texas, uh, came to the Prescott area uh, in 1990 and uh, have been working, oh my gosh, in media and uh, news and all that kind of thing, 
whether it be Christian radio or uh, social media director. So uh, lots of lots of hats and uh, the founder of Hope Fest Arizona, of course, but um, love it here in Prescott. Right. Don't skip over that. Hope Fest Arizona is an amazing event that takes place down on our courthouse square and brings in tons of people and helps tons of people. And you are amazing with that. So I don't want to skip over that too quick. Thank you. I'm hoping we have it this year. Not quite sure what September is going to look like for us this year. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. Um, Now you have the, um, horrific loss of not only one son, but you lost both uh, two of your sons. So tell me a little bit about Travis and Brandon. Travis and Brandon are my youngest of four boys. My oldest is Kyle. My second oldest is Jesse. And the twins were my babies. They were the last ones born. And um, they were born uh, one minute apart, and they um, were always arguing about that one minute as to who was older. <laughs> well, you know, my yeah. husband's a twin, and he is proud to say I'm the oldest. So, okay, That's right. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and they nudged each other about that all the time. And uh, um, my boys, I, I just was amazed. They had a very close, bonded brotherhood. Uh, I'm I, an avid photographer and I was taking pictures of them all the time besides the other jobs I had um, taking and documenting my boys was one of the gifts that I will forever cherish but in those pictures the reason why I bring that up is you can see every single one of them the physical closeness the love they had for each other um, whether it be big brother Kyle holding you know little Travis at a baseball game or or the four together, you know, they, they were all so close. And I, I that is just a gift that uh, transcends everything else. Well, oftentimes you do share photos of the boys and they are feisty and they have smiles that go from one ear to the other ear as they're being feisty and it comes across from those photos. Uh, they t- I think it was um, Dr. Dobson talked about the strong-willed child. Well, how about raising four strong-willed children? <laughs> four. And coming from a strong-willed mother. Oh, yeah. It, yes. was, it was quite a hoot. There was laughing and cutting up and shenanigans going on all the time. Yes. I, I love shenanigans. Well, <laughs> and your boys both went into the military. Did well, your actually, other ones or... Big brother Kyle went in first. Okay, okay. He went in uh, Navy and later became, went into Air Force Reserve and uh, um, is now a sheriff's deputy and in a whole, he's got his own story too. Um, and Jesse, second to oldest, um, did try to go through recruiting, um, has asthma and actually one of his best friends, um, suffered a heart attack at the age of 19 in his barracks the night before he was to go on a mission. And I believe it was Afghanistan. It was Iraq. Uh, and it forever hurt my son so much that, that, that he just, he had to walk away. And then, um, the twins, uh, first it was Travis. Um, <laughs> the minute he turned 18, uh, uh, got, 
you know, got his GED because he, he was a year ahead, I'm sorry, held a year behind uh, for uh, educational just, you know, lacking when they were in kindergarten. So they were always a year behind. But a, that his what would be his senior year, he got out of high school so that when he turned 18, he could get his GED as quick as possible so he could get into the Army. That kid was born Army ready from the time he came out. And there's so many stories about how, what he would do that just foreshadowed everything uh, he did when becoming a uh, frontline infantry Purple Heart warrior is what he was. And, and then later, uh, Brandon waited a couple of years after high school. I think he was 22 when he actually signed up for the Army. And, uh, and he worked in logistics and uh, was out of the 101st. And his last assignment was with Fort Carson. Well, and that's something, you know, TJ, my oldest, is in the Army. He is now a warrant officer, um, but he was with the 101st, um, you know, so I recognized a lot of that. And, you know, the just the proudness of a, of a mom whose children choose to serve in our military. I mean, you know, we don't have the draft and you and I both know this. These young men and women choose to protect choose. our company, you know, our country. You know, that's an amazing thing because when I had Kyle go off to, you know, uh, whether it be basic or his first deployment, um, yeah, I was proud. And it was one of those, I've got a kid in the military. But when number two went, and I'm kind of a little apprehensive. And then three went, oh, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this. Right. You know, three right. in the military, you know, I had no idea. I, I, proud, proud, over proud. But at the same time, come on, our, our family's invested enough. Yes. And now after um, having lost them, yeah, we, we, we've invested plenty. And it all came out of 9-11. You know, a lot of yeah. our kids signed up because of what they saw happen in 9-11. And they wanted to make a difference. And they wanted to uh, they wanted to right the wrongs that they saw happen that day. Yes. Uh, TJ said the same thing. He said, Mom, I remember 9-11. And I wanted to serve my country. I, I wanted to go out and do that. And I know that um, my heart breaks at what some of our men and women in the military experience and see. Um, you said Travis was Purple Heart. Do you mind talking a little bit about that? Can you? You know, I don't want to. I can. Um, I, I, I'm kind of one of those people that I, I'll talk just about everything. When you ask for an opinion or ask me a question, I'll give, I'll give an answer. <laughs> I have, I've got it. Um, he uh, was stationed in Iraq, and it was um, one of his first missions on this deployment. And, you know, they had spent months and months and months training, you know, any unit does before they go over there. They don't just drop them there and hope that they can, you know, go on that mission. So once they got there, you know, they spent a couple of weeks rehoning their skills before they went out. And it was one of his very first missions, uh, and they were on foot patrol. And um, he, uh, I'm trying to catch up here. Um, 
Let me back up just a moment. I'm sorry. I know you might have to edit this. Okay. Nope, don't um, worry about it. On 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 um, Monday of that week, before this, before I get this call, um, I I was in a a training for welcome them home reintegration for families to be able to welcome soldiers home from their from the soldiers' perspective, not from the families of. You know, um, let's get back to celebrating and having fun, you know, really understanding the perspective of the soldier coming home. Fast forward to Wednesday, which is just two days later, five o'clock in the morning. Uh, I'm getting in the shower and I get a call and it's from Travis. And um, you have to remember, though, all the, those four boys were always cutting out. There was always a joke. There's always something uh tricking me, uh, you know, going on. There was always that going on. So um, Travis is on the phone. He goes, Mama, I'm calling you. Something's happened. And I, I go, so I figured it was another joke. And I kept on playing. He goes, no, you need to stop and be quiet. And you need to understand I am calling you before the Army does. We had an incident. I'm going to be okay. But you need to know that... We were on our mission, and the IED delay triggered four people after I stepped on it, and two of my buddies died of my arms. I've got shrapnel in my face. I can't hear, and you need to know. And the difference in the mom, my, my reaction as mom on that day as opposed to before I went to that reintegration training, the mom before would have been beaten down the gates of hell to get my boy home. The mom on that morning was, you need to wrap around your unit. You boys are the only ones that were there that know exactly what happened. That family's going to need you. Those your unit's going to need you. You see the difference? Yes. It was no yes. longer about me. It was about what he needed to do and understanding where he was at. And Travis is a very tender-hearted kid. And during his funeral services, um, a very good friend of ours is a, that's an Army chaplain described the Army as being the peacemakers. Okay? So Travis was the peacemaker in our family. But he was also tenderhearted. So for, but he was a leader. But that making himself um, vulnerable to all those things that are the horrors of war wore on his tender heart. <laughs> it's really what happened, and so uh, that's where he got the Purple Heart. And there's other tales about. There's people walking around today because the actions he did on several other days. Um, his his nickname in the army was called Otto. He automatically did the right thing. Which oh my I gosh, I love that. He, he was never on autopilot when he lived at home. Um, <laughs> I the love other that. One is they named him Hero, and I said, "Well, you're all heroes." He so goes, "No, no, you don't understand. There are 15 guys walking around today because of his decisions. He he." Um, his assignment was to the saw, which is a big gun. <laughs> I don't know what caliber. <laughs> anyway. That's okay. That The he, name gives it suppression right there. Yeah. He gave protective cover. And that's 
what he did uh, is provided that, and there's there's guys walking today because of what, his, the actions he took and the decisions he took. You know, I I just love that story. I love the um, essence of Otto. I, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Um, I love the fact that also you and I share a faith and how God prepared tra- prepared you for Travis because you are right. Um, I had dreams when TJ was on deployments that he was captured or something happened and I got on a plane and I was, you know, heading into hell to get my boy, you know, I, I, I understand that. And, but how you're correct, they need each other during that time. I have a counseling degree and it is so true. Men need to deprogram together. And that's kind of a fault in our military currently because they can get on FaceTime. They can call their, families right away. It's a blessing, but they don't have that time to um, deprogram with each other. They're immediately back in to home right away. Right. And total switch of priorities. And, you know, they're hypervigilant out there and now they're not supposed to be. Yes. You know, when they're back at home and um, schedules, uh, sleep deprivation. I mean, he would make fun about mom. I get to camp for nine months and play with guns every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny. At the same time, he's he's sleep deprived. He's not eating right. Uh, I mean, he was there in the summer of our. Uh, Af- I remember Iraq and Afghanistan, and I had to send him over a um, three way uh, faint. That Sam was like their the best thing they yes. had. Yeah. And um, his mattress, uh, I had to mail him a mattress because he, it, what army issue was uh, worn out very quickly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I will tell you, Jalen, um, Travis sounds amazing, but I watched uh, Brandon. I went to Travis's. A funeral memorial service and I watched Brandon that young man was pretty amazing as well share something with Brandon what now he was in um, the army but logistics I mean what's going on yeah uh, he went into to be a diesel mechanic and he did some of that and he did some sniper shooting and things like that, but he was really good about organization. So that's why they really pulled him over into the logistics side. And uh, what's silly about Brandon, he's just so personable um, and cut up crazy. And uh, he used to do um, this crazy song about it's Friday. It's uh, and uh, Toto's, um, out of Africa song <laughs> and every Friday he'd come on it's Friday it's Friday and we, we still have tons of recordings of him on his silly Friday thing don't you love but, hearing uh, their voices when you can hear well, them don't you love um hearing vo- their voices it, it's so different because when my father died of course you know there there are no videos there are you know that kind of thing and and it's it's a, just like uh, them going off to war now that we can you know, cell phone them or Facebook them or things like that. That was so different than the previous uh, generations of, you know, servicemen and women. Um, 
but yeah, um, sometimes it's good. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes hearing their voices and seeing them just makes me miss them that much more. Yeah, it makes me want to reach out and go, why, why didn't you, why didn't yeah. you pick up the phone and call mom? Yeah. So, Brendan was in logistics. He's a cut up. He's personable. Um, now he went into the army after Travis. Were they Several ever in years. at this? Were they in at the same time ever, or did they? They were never in the same unit. They never served the same place. Um, um, although it's interesting that Brandon's last um, assignment was to Fort Carson, and his brother Travis had served at Fort Carson, but Travis's last assignment was in Maui as a recruiter. Right. So, well, um, you know, for our listening audience, um, do you want to share um, a little bit about how uh, Travis and Brandon lost their lives? Well, um, it was a Friday afternoon, um, February 20, 24th. And uh, I, I get a call at five o'clock in the afternoon from my um, daughter-in-law and uh, to tell me that Travis had, um, had died of a self-inflicted gunshot. And um, I was questioning, are you sure? Are you right? You know, how could that be? I had just messaged him probably at six o'clock in that morning I know that the other kids were talking to him back and forth. He was planning on R&R in Australia. He was an avid uh, boarder. Uh, anything had a board, <laughs> skateboard, surfboard, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, all that kind of thing. And he was going to be going down to Australia to um, uh, go surfing for his R&R instead of coming home. And so he had plans. Uh, things were going on. But the real truth behind the scene is Travis is dealing with so much, um, whether it be the uh, PTSD and the anger and uh, um, survivor's guilt and um, um, excessive use of alcohol, which is rampant in the Army and military yes. service. Yes. You know, combine all those things. Uh, uh, it's <laughs> been described to me that he, he made a... Um, uh, a fatal decision during a momentary lapse of um, just questioning if he could have gotten to that other side of, of loss and despair and feeling like there was no other way, you know, maybe he would still be here. And how did Brandon handle the loss of his twin brother? It was, it was horrible. I've talked about how close the brotherhood was. Well, uh, twins, if you've never had twins and uh, never looked at that realm, it's totally a different type of relationship people don't understand. It's so close. It's so bonded. And even though I understood this going in, had read many books and, and really joined the Mothers of Twins Club that says, where God chooses its members. And I said, well, as long as he doesn't choose me for much else, I'll be fine, which, you know, that's not going to happen. That's just a little sidebar. But um, the twin thing, um, 
it's just an incredible thing because um, they are so close and they they think they feel they it, it's so much more than the than just physical and although I brought them up wearing different clothes many cases being in different classes I remember Travis was going to even a different school and they had no idea he was a twin until we had a parent-teacher conference and they came up in conversation they said what he's a twin I said yeah they had no idea but in reality those kids were very very close and after Travis passed away we were concerned about Brandon he the army did not give him any uh time off they uh after everything was done here in Arizona you know we brought Travis back from Hawaii and then all those services that went on here he directly went back to the army because they were going through training they didn't give him any time so we were concerned there in those early months uh it was 18 months and one and two days later to the T that Brandon passed away and he was at leadership training out in Virginia and um at Virginia Beach yeah yeah yeah, doing leadership training, and apparently he had kind of planned this. And I, I have a, a note that said that missing Travis was far greater, and uh, something he's been battling in his mind since the day it happened. And um, he just couldn't handle it anymore. He missed his brother too much. You know. Um... Sorry, I might get a little tearful. Your story just is so. Uh... I know because because Brandon was there. He knew what it did. He knew what it did to the person that found Travis. He knew what it did to our family. And so, having said that, that's rationalizing. You right. know, right? And, and there was no rationalizing in the fact that missing his brother paramounted everything else. That loss, I mean, it, he talked, Brandon talked to his sister. He, he was planning a bike run. I mean, everything in his life said he was going to be present and going. He left his dog. He loved his dog. What I'm trying to say is all of that got pushed aside. There was no rationalizing of it in relation to how deep that Pain. longing was yes. for traps. Yes. We all deal with loss so differently and intimately. And I can't even fathom, um, you know, I think, I thought, oh, I can handle loss, I understand it, blah, 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 I can read it, until it happens to you and then you're like, all of that is crap, all of that's crap. And you, you have to deal with it and a lot of times who helps you are people that have been through it because they're the only ones that understand that book isn't that great or that book only covers this or they were wrong on this. And so I, I can't even fathom being a twin brother or a twin and losing that, that connection. I can't even fathom that. There are tons of podcasts out there. You have options. Penny University is truly a podcast with value, and we strive to share great true stories. 
Some are plain fun. Some might bring a tear to your eye and maybe even make you a little angry. Listen to them all. Please listen, like, and share. Head over to our Facebook page, see who we are. And thanks for listening. You are listening to Penny University, a podcast with value. We hope you are finding this presentation touching and maybe even healing. If you would like to share your two cents, please contact Deborah at pennyuniversity at protonmail.com. You can also send a message to any of our guests. Now, back to Penny University's presentation of A Torn Heart, Loss of a Child. Now, I understand this is really emotional. It's emotional for me. I can't imagine you. And on some days, it's I handle it really well, and some days I don't. So... Um, but I want to, I, w- I don't want to be scripted here, but I want to know how you dealt with the loss. How as, you know, you as a mom, when you heard, what did you feel? What did you think? How are, how have you been dealing? When I, when I first learned or? Both, whatever, however you oh, want to share. Gosh. First learned, um. My husband will describe it as the, the groanings from the depths of my soul. Because as much as I would hope that would pull them back, it was already too late. They were already gone. And um, probably the, throughout the several weeks of bringing Travis back home and and. The family flew out to be at Schofield for his platoon service. For me, uh, next to losing him, was being present for last call. Oh, yeah. Oh. Because I was hoping they were wrong. I was hoping he'd walk in, and it was just a bad dream. And then walking down the hallway, I his whole unit was lined up on each side of the hallway. I didn't expect, I didn't know what to expect. I'd never been there. I, it was just, it was just so much. And then, uh, just uh, trying to make it day by day. And, and so many people were, aren't you angry with God? And, and um, just so many things. But I, I come from a recovery background, and of course, a faith-based background. That for me, uh, my story is it was a waste of time to be angry at God because I knew my boys were in God's hands. And um, the reason why it was a waste of being angry at God is because he loves me more than anything. He didn't want them to die at that moment. But the moment that they took their last breath, he was there to catch them. <laughs> So, how can I be angry at God? Although, at Brandon's funeral, I I did speak, and I wasn't expecting to speak, and and I'm sure I've gone over what I said a couple of times, you know, how we question ourselves, what we said, why didn't we say this, and why didn't we add that? Well, um, I think I talked in abbreviated terms that I probably should have expanded on, (laughs) because what I said was, Brenna's passing is 
just logistics. What I meant by that was our God knows the time, the hour, the moment. And although, again, God would have preferred Brandon not go the way he did, um, if my God truly knows the hour, the moment, the how, then there's nothing I can do to change that. Uh, I, I can rest in assurance that my son's in his arms and um, I can wrestle with God and just how much I hurt. Not so much that I want to bring him back. I've, I've you know, I've asked him to take me. I've, I've told the boys that if, if there was any choice that I would have wished he would have taken me over them. If I could trade places, I would. God to take me and he says I will I go oh that's right I forgot I have to be specific yeah he goes yeah I will eventually I just won't do it now (laughs) well you know I think that that um, was a beautiful statement how um, I have seen some be angry at God I have I too wasn't angry at God but boy when you lose a child your faith is put to the you know, tired of the road, is this faith real? Yeah. And um, I love how you, you know, were hurt, you know, but not accusatory. I just think that's gorgeous. The second that Travis passed away, in my head, over, it was like a mantra. It was Romans eight twenty eight. For those that believe, there will be good that comes out of it over and over and over. Um, to the point, it, it wasn't me. I really feel it was God's grace you know, reminding me of his promise. With Brandon, um, it was the, actually the twins' favorite verse, which was Roman, I mean, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. You know, I... I know the plans I have for you to prosper you to, to, I can't remember all of the, the rest of the verse right now, but it's their favorite verse. And so it was a mantra in my head again, over and over and over again, along with uh, the song mercy me, even, even if was Travis's song that I kept hearing. And with Brandon, it was, um, Laura Daigle's, um, I believe. And he's standing on that tarmac, the same tarmac, the second time in a hot August. Yes, it was August. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get my dates. That, sure no, I'm you are sorry. fine. I'm confused. Uh, down at Sky Harbor, waiting for my son to come out. And Lauren Daigle's song kept all over and over my head to work. I looked at my family and they were like a bunch of hurting puppies and and between you and me, they're not all saved, and they're not. A lot of them know who Jesus is, but they've walked away. And, and if ever they needed them, it was now. And so I stood there on that tarmac, and I turned that song into a prayer. It's actually my family with prayers for waiting for my son to come up that way. And it's those things that let me know that God is with me. And, that's how do you deal because it's been how many years it's been it's been a year and 18 months 
for Brandon as of the, t- the 26th of uh, April. It's been three years. Oh. I can't believe I can say that. I, I can't believe you February can say that 20, either. 24th, three years yeah. for Travis. Yeah. How do you deal? I, I I know, you know, it's every day. How do you deal every day? It is every day. And I'll have people, like we talked about in our lives, that, uh, to get on. It's not like that I come in a room. That's the only thing I can talk about. But that is a part of my identity is I'm, I'm missing my children. And um, I, I don't have a lot of patience for I guess, um, irrelevant, uh, superficial stuff. <laughs> like, uh, I, I don't work well in an office with office politics and, and gossip. I, I just have no, no patience for it at all. And you I, know? I get that, you know, um, I, I, you saying that is, is healing to me. Because there are times I'll be standing in a conversation and I see the people's lips moving and I think, this is so really? trivial. <laughs> I, I can't, you know, but I, in my head, I'm going, just be patient. This is normal life for him, you know, da, 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 da. But this is so ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I gravitate towards the things that matter and the things that don't, it just, uh, it's just noise to me. And so that's why I've, I've pulled in. Yeah, I've, I've done some isolating, but I don't think isolation within itself is a bad thing. I think if it becomes obsessive and becomes a, a problem, and uh, it, it, it can be uh, a harmful thing. But um, Jesus isolated. You know, he pulled away. He pulled away for time for himself. Yes. He pulled away to pray. He pulled away to talk to the Father. Um and I've kind of done that over these last three years. I'm now working from home. Um, unfortunately, my good friend, uh, Christy, out at Bethany's Gate Ranch, uh, saw what she thought was isolating um, to an excess. And uh, she says, uh, I know what you're doing. You need to come out here and spend time with the horses. And so I go out there and uh, I, I work uh, equine therapy. I, I work on myself. I'm now working to get skills under my belt so I can help other Gold Star families and uh, so, women in domestic violence situations. Um, let's go into, if you don't mind, a couple of those points. Okay. okay. You know, uh, you mentioned two things I want to know a little bit more about. Equine therapy. Um, you're talking to somebody that horses are nice, but they're 2,000 pounds of animal, so I don't really mess with them. <laughs> And then Gold Star Mom. So what equine therapy, can you help me a little with that? Equine therapy is um, a psycho-facilitated therapy to uh, assist with healing. Uh, where I go is Bethany's Gate Ranch, and they rescue horses to rescue the lives of first responders, military, and their families specifically. So um, be it... My experience, you know, uh, coming there with a tattered heart and I'm working with a, a horse that might have been abused or might have been uh, neglected. Um, and we make a connection. And the, the best thing about it, there doesn't have to be any words. You know, I can, uh, 
one thing they horses need they need you to be present and regardless of what's going on they need you to connect with them in the present and uh, we can work out um, all that hard stuff whether it be with me grooming them or walking them or just sitting there and um, talking with them <laughs> do they do they pick do they have specific horses prepared for you or actually it's kind of who whichever horse you have a connection with now with me i have horse background so when i walk into the corral i'll have five or six horses walking behind me like puppies <laughs> so it's really a pretty cool thing and i ha i haven't been around horses in years so it was like reconnecting a part of my heart that i had kind of put away so it's true that they sense you oh they have a powerful sense of um yes they 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 truly do um and they're, they're amazing at that so this these horses or this horse senses your broken heart your brokenness mm -hmm. you in turn feel their sensitivity sensitivity connection that we've all we've both been there and um we work through um you know there's different exercises and things like that and we work on, on boundaries and we work on respect and we work on um working in the moment because when i leave the ranch uh the fact that my boys are going to still going to be there but mm -hmm. for that time I was there, I've been able to breathe a little deeper, work on some uh, issues with myself, but be fully present in that moment uh, of whatever I'm doing, whether it be exercising that horse or walking them, um, all those kinds of things that require, because they are a, a several hundred pound animal and um, you need to be safe around them. So it causes you to reflect on something in the moment and not so much to take your mind off of your troubles, but give you that pause <clears throat> where you can start receiving, you know, next steps. Okay. And uh, what am I going to do? Yeah. Uh, I think that's beautiful. I think that's absolutely beautiful. And you also mentioned Gold Star Mom. Gold Star Moms. Well, there's Blue Stars, which you and I are Blue That's, Stars. We, yes, we talked about in a few <laughs> minutes in between breaks. That's yeah, where and, we truly first met was being a Blue Star Mom. Go ahead. That's right. Blue Star Moms are any mom with a, a kid uh, in the military. And of course, there's Blue Star families, Blue Star sister, brothers, all that kind of thing. But it kind of started with the moms. Um, and then um, Silver is um, um, a married spouse. Are you still there? I'm still here. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> my my uh, laptop went away. Um, Silver is a military spouse that, that lost their spouse uh, in service. Oh, I didn't and know Gold, that. And Gold Star is um, a mother, there's like, you know, Gold Star family, brother, sister, uh, that lost a I mean, well, mother, specifically a child. Um, it's in the military. So when you, when you see someone that has a pin, and usually the pins are, you know, red lines at the top with a white background and can be a, that blue star. 
Um, but if it's a gold star, that person has lost a child. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. For, for a mom, yes. Now, my, my kids were given the gold stars as well, but again, that designates them as gold star brother, sister. Yes. So dealing with the loss of your boys, um, we know it's a daily thing. Um, you have faith, which has helped. Uh, you go out, you do equine therapy. Um, I love talking about Andrew. I know that you love talking about Travis and Brandon and sharing stories. How do people react to that? Is there, you know, something good or something irritating? How do people react to their loss? And I'll, you? I'll let you know my, my phone died, but you can still hear me, right? I can still hear you, yes. Okay. Um, so, uh, many friends uh, responded uh they were close to us, um, came, came alongside us, helped us to, you know, as we needed, we heard from people all over the country. Are you, I'm still listening. Go ahead. Okay. We heard from people all, all over the country that, that reached out to us, which was just amazing. I was able to speak to several of, um, the, the guys and gals that they served with. And I love hearing the stories. They can never tell me enough stories. And thank goodness I have all these pictures to, to hold on to, but there, there've been some people in our life that, that aren't around anymore, that, uh, the first loss, they were right by our side. And then the second one, it was too much for them. Yeah. And I'm not hearing from them. Our relationships changed. I miss them. Even some family members, uh, uh, <laughs> it's it's kind of a, a shock, isn't it, to lose two boys within eighteen months? Yes, uh, it becomes kind of surreal, and and even pastors would say, "I I have no words." There there were no words. No, nobody can explain this. Nobody can justify this. There are no words. And so when pastors don't have anything to say, uh, some of our friends that were really close to us uh, don't know what to say either and that's okay people feel they have to fill up time with words and that's not necessarily so just be there let me cry let me laugh let me remember let me do what i want to do you know uh as it comes um let me do nothing <laughs> right and there is no time limit no absolutely not absolutely not and anybody that says it obviously number one hasn't lost a child <laughs> right and so we have to forgive them for they they know not what they're talking about <laughs> yes yes <laughs> um you know yeah some some of the comments can just be put out there in with concern or thought but if you don't step back they're almost cruel um yes you have to kind of step back and say they just don't understand they just don't know um, but at the same time, sometimes you get those, those gems of comments, um, that click with you. And one of them just came from you like 30 seconds ago to me. And it was, there is never enough stories. I can never hear enough stories about Andrew. Never. Yeah. And I, so that is a gem, um, because I bet you, I bet you 
Travis and Brandon have some stories. I bet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that's really stuck with me, um, um, a really dear friend who I had walked through the loss of his daughter 10 years earlier, um, reached out to me right away when we lost Travis. He goes, Jaylene, after 10 years, all I can tell you is demand to see the peace and the beauty. Oh. And so whatever was coming at us, that's what I was demanding to see. And then the next thing we knew, we were on our, a plane to go to Hawaii. <laughs> oh, there, you know, so Travis made sure you experienced some uh, peace and beauty, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I, I demand to see. And, and the other stuff is just, is just trivial. And um, so I tried. That's right. The other it. stuff is trivial. The love is magnificent. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, you know, this has been really hard on our family. Um, uh, his brothers, you know, uh, Kyle will say the last thing I ever wanted to do is bring my two brothers because he loved them. He, he, oh, Brandon, yeah. he was living with Brandon. They were in the same household uh, when Brandon passed away. Um, I haven't heard from my second son, Jesse, since uh, Brandon's funeral. Um, it's, it's been a hard road. Yes. Well, I thank you so much for sharing. And, um, if you hear from Jesse, tell him there's a mother that loves you too. in me, um, when you can give them both a hug from me. Um, and I truly just want to say thank you for sharing your, um, beautiful story uh, for sharing Travis and Brandon with the world and with us um, and with our listeners. And um, thank you for being genuine and open. This was a hard share, and, and I just want to thank you for that. Okay. Well, thanks for having me. And uh, I know I probably said some ups and buts and things like that that need to be edited. Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to edit. This is raw, baby. <laughs> This is my living room. Sorry, there is no editing. Yeah. But I want to no, leave you with this. We past our time. That's right. But, uh, that's what happens when you talk with mothers. And, that's right. And hey, I lost two kids, so I get double the, the amount of time. That's right. right. You do. You do. And before I turn off this last recording, I just want to say, I hope you dance. Oh, yes. Okay. I'll Look talk to you song. later. Look at the lyrics. That's yes. right. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Penny University's A Podcast with Value. Please join us again for the next episode in this moving series, A Torn Heart, Loss of a Child. Until next episode, be strong, wise, and safe.